Okay, so welcome everyone to uh, Irvi's uh, podcast uh, number two, um, Local Heroes. So I have with me today uh, Ken Muston. Uh, welcome, Ken. G'day, Glenn. How are you? Good. Uh, really excited about having you along today. Uh, Ken and I have known each other for, I reckon, 30 odd years uh, through marketing and sales and uh, relationships. When you were a rep for GMV6 television. Yeah. You used to yeah. come and sell me ads. Exactly. I used like. to think you were transferring my bottom line to your bottom line, but anyway, <laughs> advertising well, is good value. Well, I have to get paid in a commission, Ken. That's how it works. <laughs> but uh, Ken's been, uh, I guess, a, a local identity for a long period of time, and uh, I thought it'd be great for people able to hear from uh, Ken around uh, all the exciting things that have happened in his business and his journey, uh, but also to, uh, you know, as a, a person working with businesses and see how you build a brand, uh, Ken's been able to do an exceptional job of that. Um, and for those that don't know, Ken's uh, just sold his business. So it's yeah. a very exciting, um, yeah, time in his uh, business journey. So uh, how does it feel to have sold it, Ken? A bit sad, actually, Glenn. Um, you know, 41 years, this was uh, Dawn and my baby. Mm. We worked in it virtually every day. In fact, she was there till the last day working a couple of hours a day. Yep. Um, but, you know, I guess the sad part is that we built a great team of people and not to be working and interacting with those people, that's uh, something that's missing out of my life now. But we have to... Um, we built the business, so we have to let someone else take it over and grow it to the next level. And yep. I'm 70. It's time for me to step back and say, you know, let's get someone else in there. I mean, all of the major companies, their CEOs, three to five years and they're out. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was, it was my time to get out and do something in the next stage of my life. Yeah. And 40 years is an exceptional um Success story, you know, a lot of businesses don't survive 12 months, five That's years. exactly right, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. When, if you don't mind sharing, uh, you know, just a lot of business owners uh, don't really understand how difficult it is to sell a business until they get to that point. Um, and you are, I would consider, fairly lucky in perhaps the, the business sale process. So what, what insights did you learn or was it different to what you thought it would be like to sell your business? Uh, the the amount of work that you have to do behind the scenes in making sure that all the due diligence is in place for the potential buyer. Yep. Um, but my I had very very good accountants who mm. were familiar with this process, and it was not something that we were kind of planning to do. It was just something that came along. We always knew that that would be that we would get ourselves to a place. But I I thought I could go to a later until I was eighty. But, you know, anyway, something turned up and I started to realise that I was getting somewhat distracted with the things that I wanted to do in my life, mm. playing with my toys. I loved being a mechanic, so yep. I kept going back and working on my stuff, <laughs> my cars, my aeroplane, things like that, and my motorhome. So I, I guess when I started to write business plans and I didn't enact those business plans, mm. I thought, gee, hang on, something's not quite right. And a discussion took place and... It's, opportunity yeah an opportunity was there so we mm. kept having that discussion and um oh, and congratulations i'm, very, I'm yeah. very pleased for my business in that it's got someone who can take it to the next level lovely people wonderful yeah. people and uh yeah the staff are happy so that 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 makes me feel good yeah and 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 congratulations too because it is a great outcome and I, and I suppose that's part of what i was uh, really trying to understand today from you because the ken muston brand has been such a uh, uh, iconic brand for you know 40 years uh, you've 
you know, you're a mechanic back in the day and mm-hmm. uh, you know, the history of that. So I'd love for you to just talk through um, building your brand because uh, you've got it to a point where you've sold it um, and you know people recognize the name, so. Yeah, I guess the brand comes from way, way back. When I was, when I was a mechanic, I uh, was fortunate enough to win an overseas scholarship to go to America and work as a mechanic mm. on a day-to-day basis with an extremely good uh, boss who owned three international harvester dealerships and uh, he was a Yugoslavian um, immigrant family and they had worked their backsides off to build this massive business, it was mm. huge. And I was able to work in there and I was able to actually get to talk to him. But I guess that's 20% of what I learned over there. 80% of what I learned was from going to the shops. and. Okay. You know, you bought a product and you took it back because it was failed and there was no ifs and buts. The service was fabulous. Mm. And then we came back to Australia and within a couple of days we realised the service level here Mm. from our bank and the likes of that, no one cared. So when I started back working in Australia, I realised that we needed to pick up our service level and I got frustrated, I guess, and I decided that I had to do it for myself. So I wanted to bring a new kind of service, particularly for car service, because mm. I felt that you know, people didn't have a great deal of trust for their mechanic. Yep. So let's get it right. So we've worked very, very hard at building a high quality service level and engaging people when we employed them to want to do the same thing. And that, I guess, is what our brand is about, being providing a level of service where people could be confident. Yep. I mean, we have, I had customers who bought 30 plus cars off me in their life. Yeah, so, fantastic. You know, that, that was a lovely feeling to have those people mm. continuously um, feeling comfortable about coming back and and, and uh, engaging with us and mm. feeling confident that we looked after them and we continued to look after them. And, and you with the, the brands that you've uh, had associated with your dealership too, so it's been an interesting journey there as well, you know, just as <laughs> observer with your initial brand and then expanded, expanded, and yeah. It's a little bit like playing cards. Yes. <laughs> you sit down at the table and you've got a handful of threes and fours and a couple of tens perhaps, yep. and someone comes along and offers you an ace and you go, oh, hang on, <laughs> I'll get rid of the three like and it, I'll yeah. pull in the ace. So, and that, I think that is about what car dealerships do. There are opportunities because some brands come yes. and then they go and then there's other brands which are consistent Yes, and you've got to be watching what's happening in the market all the time. Look at the Chinese growth within mm. Australia and mm. um, and the various brands. You go way, way back. It was, it was basically English cars mm. and then it became a bit of American cars. We've got Ford and Holden yep. and they were the strong players. And then the Japanese came in, and the Europeans have come come in. So bit by bit, the market changes, and you've got to be there to have the product that is flavour of the month at that time. So, so that's your relationship. Then you said that you know, you, you know people bought thirty uh, odd cars from you over the, the, the journey. So um, you know, looking at the brands and that loyalty to me, that's a, a great tick for the brand. Is you know, they're buying it. You know, they could look at other brands, but they wanted to, to deal with you. Uh, that would have been good hard. quality brands. I mean, I did like to have cars that would come back mm. after I sent them out. I wanted to send them out and pretty much know that they could 
drive them for years and years and, and provide they service them reasonably, yep. that they would give a good good yeah. result. And I believe we had good quality brands. Yeah. And some of the early brands we had, we realised they weren't quite going to go with the full, the full line. Yeah. So we, we basically let them fall off the line and, mm. and picked up other ones. So Ken, what advice would you give uh, you know, um, young entrepreneurs out there trying to build a brand? Uh, what would be the direct advice you'd, you'd offer? Number one, honesty. Mm -hmm. When you're dealing with everyone you're doing business with, get a good accountant. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure that that accountant has good legal advice because as company structures change, you, you can't be the expert on tax and mm -hmm. all those implications. So make sure you've got good people with that. Yep and get yourself a good business coach. This is not pushing your barrow because we've never done any coaching together. No. But if you're going to be an Olympic swimmer, mm. the first thing you're going to do is get yourself a good coach. Mm. But I'm going to go into business, but I'm going to do it my way. Mm. Well, that's a load of rubbish. You've got to have someone who can help direct you because sometimes you become buried mm. and you need someone who can see the light at the end of the tunnel and show you and work you towards getting to that and, uh, uh, yeah my business coaching was uh, very very beneficial to mm. me um, yeah fantastic yeah and it's part of the process and you've got to have a great team around you um, and you've got to build that over time yes uh, and try and find the right accountant or coach or legal person whatever it might be and it's even when you talk about your direct sales team uh, you would have had a lot of different uh, salesmen come through but knowing your business you've actually had a couple of guys that have been on the journey for a long time too. Yeah, one of them, Gary Mott, had mm. been with me 28 years, mm. uh, Ian Regulus, 24, Ian became a business partner, yep. and quite a number of other people over that time. And when you when you look at your skills, there's certain skills that you're good at, mm. and some that you're perhaps not so good at. Paperwork was not a good thing I was good at. <laughs> and attention to detail, good at growing the business, coming up with ideas, the vision, mm. but I needed people to perhaps support me in the back end. Yep. And um, I think we were very good at finding those people. Sometimes we didn't know how good they were when they first came on, but we identified their skills later and said, right, you'd be excellent in that area. So, yeah. and for example, Ian Regulus and myself, we, yep. we, we're both very different. He's very good at attention to detail. I'm good at growth mm. and ideas. And many times he said, no, that don't, that's not going to work. So I'd go back and do some more research, yep. come back and finally he's right. Yeah, That's okay. Other times I was right. So we were able to work together as a team. And but you had that trust and those hard conversations which have got to Oh, have. yes, yes, yes. yeah. yeah. Interestingly, we never had an argument in 24 years. Really? So that's good. Yeah. 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 And it, I think it's credit to the balance of what you just said, because you know, you've know you got to have that balance around ideas and uh, process and someone that can help. Uh, you know, we're not strong in every area, so it's to identify that. Just being yeah. honest with yourself, yeah. being honest with your customers. And yeah, sometimes things go wrong because we have to make mistakes to learn. And when those things go wrong, you've got to fess up and say, hey, I've, I've screwed up. Yeah. Right? How do I recover from here? Definitely. And you know, if you tell the customer, he you know, calls and he says, "Did you get those brake pads?" Oh, damn, I forgot. Mm. Right? He's dark on you. Yeah, but he knows you're honest. Because next time you tell him that his transmission's failed and it's three thousand dollars, he also knows you're honest. Yes, <laughs> that's a great point, isn't it? And and obviously you've built a lot of that trust. 
did the brand in your mind or in your business journey, what was the toughest time for you? What was the biggest challenge that you faced in, in that journey? I'm a mechanic and I don't have a lot of business skills. So okay. I had to learn all of those things that are necessary to make a good business person mm. as you go. And boy, you fall over a lot of times, you make mistakes. As long as those mistakes don't kill you, but you've got to take risks. Yep. And you know, one of the wonderful things was getting into the car dealership, the factories ran a lot of uh, personal training for you mentally. Yep. Um, also, you know, business management, selling skills, um, management of staff skills, all those sort of things. So it was a huge university course because that's we started with Subaru and we progressed. We had Volkswagen for a little mm. while, then we had Saab mm. for a while, um, Chrysler Jeep, uh, Mercedes Benz, and the, the structure that Mercedes have for their training is fantastic. So we kept jumping up the ladder yeah. with these type of training. And, I think we've got a little bit smarter. <laughs> Some things I haven't learned yet, but anyway. Well, you certainly uh, changed. Uh, I, I feel just uh, you know the way you built that service centre. Um, to me, that was just mind blowing. Getting out there and seeing what you've created—that that was just uh, what 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 made you do that? What was the well, impetus to that? I just felt that we needed to provide a better level of service for our customer, mm. and starting from the moment they drive up to the dealership to the service centre. They're outside, they're in the sun, they're in the rain, whatever's going on, mm. they're trying to walk around their car and talk to them about their problems outside. I thought, wouldn't it be nice if it was like you go into a nice hotel yourself, mm. you walk to the, up to the reception, everything's really good and they take care of you. So let's drive the car into the car's hotel, right, where the service advisor can walk around you. If it's raining, if it's blowing, it's hot or cold, it's heated in that area mm. in the winter. The no, door comes up automatically. Yep. Car drives in. Door closes behind you. Mm. So you can and you've got all this space around you to talk uh, at at the level that you want to talk about your car. Car. Yeah. 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 And it is for people out there that are listening. Uh, if you haven't experienced it, I really encourage you to go and have a look at uh, and book your car in for a service because it is an amazing experience. Well, the thing is, you can see what's happening. Because there's yeah. glass everywhere. Yep. You can see the car is on the hoist. Mm. Um, so, you know, that the car's not yet ready or whatever. And uh, and we also provided uh, a taxi service for people in the town rather yep. than uh, have a car that drives them around. Because, yep. let's face it, when you want to come back, the car will have just left. So you'll miss the, the ride back. So yeah. this way you can get a taxi down and a taxi back whenever it was convenient. Yeah. And we paid for that. Yeah, okay. Another great service. So certainly the service um, common denominator has been the strength of your business and the brand mm. is what I'm hearing. So, uh, and I was a mechanic. Yeah. I understood <laughs> what service was. Because yeah. I did actually buy a new car way, way back when I was a mechanic. Yes. And I was extremely dissatisfied with the level of service. And I decided mm. that if, when I go into the car dealership, it's going to be a customer buys a car, he buys a warranty. Yeah. Look after him and make sure you complete everything on his list of concerns to yep. his satisfaction. Yeah. And uh, then they get to enjoy the car, enjoy the experience, and they come back and I want to buy again. Yeah, exactly. So two last, two quick questions uh, to wrap up. One, what, what would you say is your greatest achievement? Well, my family. Yes. Yeah. My kids, my grandkids. 
the enjoyment that they give me now. Um, and probably being able to assist so many people who came through my business to grow and go on to better things. Mm. You know, one young guy owns several supermarkets now. Yeah, okay. Um, there's others who started their own uh, business in opposition to me in mechanics, but that's okay. Yep. Um, I did the same thing, so I never um, discouraged people or did I feel bad about people who went off and started their own business. business and, yeah. uh, I remember saying to one of them that you know everything that I put in your head from training mm. is mine, but everything on my shadow board in the way of tools is yours. Let's work together to provide the customer mm. who comes to you or to me the best level of service, and we're still good friends now. So, yeah, which is fantastic too, and they obviously appreciate the uh, yeah the input you've given them and the, the coaching and guidance and mentoring that you've given them over the journey. So well, I got a lot of it to get to meet with. To where I am, so exactly. I'm only too happy with it. So, Ken, what's uh, what's what's next? What's what's Ken going to do now? Well, there's a couple of things that I first thing I thought take the first six months and just see what's out there, just mm. let it happen, which is not like me to do that. So, I've been working on my '56 Chevy yep. um, and a few of my other toys that I've got. Um, I do enjoy mechanics. I really mm. love mechanics. I think. Uh, uh, mentoring and coaching young people would be something I'd like to do. Okay, uh, I think that that's an area that I've got to do something. I I do enjoy building projects. Uh, need to build a shed or something. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Travelling that's yeah. important. Uh, getting away in my motorhome. Yeah, going so fishing. You've got an amazing uh, motorhome. That uh, yeah. yeah, I was pretty lucky just to find that on the internet in America mm. and, and bring it out here. Um, it was again another risk and when I got here I thought oh what have I done but anyway it turned out to be a wonderful thing um, so it's just stay fit yep. I want to get out there and ride the bike a bit more often if I can and um, just enjoy the fellowship of the friends that we have you know, when mm. we go bike riding we go and have coffee at the end of it and things mm. like that um, and the friends that I've got that are always working on car projects okay. helping them out Criticising what they've done, <laughs> <laughs> having them come and do the same to me. But yeah, it's just it's this is a different time in my life, and mm. um, I do miss the business side of it. I realise that, but I've got to get over that. And, yeah. Um, yeah, just just enjoy life. And well, it's been a major part of your life, you know, forty-one years, so it's yeah, uh, it's huge. It has. Been. Now, can you and I actually set, share a uh, a common? Um, uh, goal and purpose, and uh, I think we need to just give the connected community a plug. <laughs> sure, yeah, the connected community. Yeah, what a great idea that is from yeah. Benigo Bank. When we started that some six or so years ago. Yeah, well, you're ago. the inaugural chair, and yeah, I'm and the current chair. So. Yes, yeah, and look, you're doing a tremendous job again with the detail, which yes. <laughs> I'm not good at. I was good at setting the goals. Um, but, you know, I thought, gee, if we could get $5,000 a month mm. going into a bank account, what would that be like? And we're getting 10. Yeah. So let's take it to 20. Yeah. And that only comes out of people doing business with the Bendigo Bank, as in opening an account, as you know, or they mm. borrow some money, mm. tag the account, GB Connected Community, get that money independent of the Bendigo Bank to distribute it to charitable or worthy causes yeah, non -profit, whatever it may be, non -profit, yeah. um, to help young people grow yep um, yeah we've done it to 
four hundred odd thousand now, we've got more four hundred and fifty thousand now we've given away. So yes, uh, yes. through the grant program. So it's been uh, yeah, it's been an amazing uh, achievement, and we've got a little way to go. So we can get oh, into that. I think it's going to be a, a constantly evolving thing. Mm. Um, I mean, I know when I started, I didn't have a Bendigo Bank account. Now, pretty much all my accounts <laughs> are Bendigo Bank, and my family and the likes of that. And they're great to deal with. That's yeah, it. I mean, they're a bank that is rock solid. They're mm. amongst they're, they meet all the criteria for government departments to invest with them or yep. the likes of that. So we just got to help promote them mm. in order for people to invest in them so that in turn the community will get back. And it doesn't cost uh, anybody any money. Uh, right. um, you know, you can put your money in there or borrow the money and it's uh, tax right, account. It doesn't cost. It doesn't cost a cent so, mm. and the community benefits. So, you know, I appreciate it. We just talked about that because I think it's a it's a great insight. Oh, terrific. Um, yeah, people uh, get a lot of value. Well, thanks, Ken. I, you know, it's fantastic to catch up. I uh, really appreciate your time today. Um, I'm sure everyone that uh, listens to the podcast will get some high value out of uh, some of those key takeaways that you've given us. Uh, and we wish you all the best. Yeah, thanks, Glenn. Enjoy uh, whatever all those things that you're doing in the next stage in your life. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, Ken. So, terrific.